Hi, welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Prodsman. In today's episode, we're talking all about how to prescribe music for yourself or your loved ones, how to use music as a tool for healing and expansion in your everyday life. We'll be talking about easy, actionable steps that you can take, but almost more importantly, we'll be sharing with you how to integrate these healing modalities after the fact very important thing that Bill and myself have realized is how to integrate the information and the feelings that come up during a healing session, whether it's listening to powerful music, getting a sound bath, going to therapy. What all of these different healing modalities do is bring up feelings and information within ourselves that we can then take and use later. So how do we integrate it? We're going to go into that in this episode today. We'll be talking about this and much, much more around this area and this topic, as always, in these open conversations here on Discussions of Music Healing and Consciousness. Because that's what prompted it for me, Bill, was I am getting asked more now, and I'm also feeling the need to tell people and help people with incorporating music into their their day-to-day life. And the first objection I hear is, oh, well, I'm not a musician, Chris. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. <laughs> That's but actually probably good. You like, know? you know, not being a musician means that you don't come with a built-in bias. Mm. <laughs> right? Good point. You know, because as a musician, there every time that I hear music, I'm thinking about how would I perform that? Yeah. Right. Instead of just allowing myself to enjoy it. So that's my first. I have to dial back and go, okay, so Bill, just sit still, (laughs) (laughs) turn off all that, you know, uh, all the stuff that's you as a musician and just be there as a listener. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard, but it's doable. Well, that's the thing. And so, so for those listening, if you don't identify as a musician or someone who studied it and spends lots of time developing your skill in that, in that arena, then, then this is great because it's actually going to be in a weird way, a little easier to integrate music into all these different aspects of your life, not only to allow for healing and to help you through uh, traumas and things of that nature, but also of course to enhance and to, you know, really enhance a lot of elements and bring a lot more joy and play and happiness into your life. So I, you know, I'd love to ask you, Bill, based like for someone who is, uh, is, is, you know, curious about music, but maybe has no intention on learning an instrument. What are some really simple ways that they can start to integrate music? Maybe one way that is, has a healing purpose and one way that is more of a fun and joyous kind of thing. Well, let's start with a fun one because I think people relate to those really well. Uh, the obvious one is dancing or going to a concert where you love the band, there's a, during that period where you're at the dance or at the concert, you automatically just sort of suspend the rest of the world. I mean, maybe you think about other things while you're in there, but the purpose of being at that concert is like full immersion in what's happening or being at the, this full immersion in dance. And the music is part of that. And it's being very, very present. Right. Mm. And to get to that kind of presence when it's fun is just such an awesome experience. It's like taking the family to Disneyland or something. You know, For a period of time, you're in this magical place, and it's magical because everything else is outside of it. That's right. And you can fully immerse in you know, the, the joy of the experience of being on all these rides and seeing all these shows. 
and being there with millions of other people, right? So that's part of it too, right? And and that's fine, but it's all a willing suspension of the day to day, like seeing a movie. Uh, difference, of course, with movies is they're often about topical things that mean a lot to us, and music is really just about whatever it means to you or whoever you're dancing with. It could be something else, right? Or whoever you're attending the concert with it could be something else, but you're there appreciating your individual meeting in that beautiful, fun environment where the music mm -hmm. is happening, right? So the, the, the reason to bring all that up first is because it turns out that whatever you're using therapeutically, contemplative prayer, uh, psychedelics, uh, surgery, whatever it is that you're using therapeutically, the more that you bring your focused intention to it, and that includes your attention, the better the result. Yeah. You know, and, and here in the West, we're kind of like this thing, you know, something's wrong and you go see the doctor and they fix it and that's all fine. Well, this is much more present because the doctor isn't there, right? You're your own physician, essentially your own therapist. And you've got to bring the same kind of focus to that opportunity that the surgeon brings when you're under the knife. You know, and if you're able to do that, you get a better result. You know, it's like, do you go to the gym? Well, you're going to get results if you do that regularly. But if you go to the gym once a month, not so much. You're right. in, you're you had the great intention, but you didn't bring your attention to it. So same thing with music. And that all is it, it's so amazing because all of us have different abilities there, right? Mm. Some people are in the music immediately, turn on the song, they're immediately just like immersed and some people it's like it's not so much you know the immersion that they hear it but they aren't completely on it it doesn't matter it's just wherever you were before the music started and then the music starts and you bring your attention or focus or intention whatever to that next time when the music is happening um, whatever level that is for you is right for you right mm -hmm. and with practice of course you get better at it just like anything else so you and me we've been listening to music forever and actually playing it and that's a really high sort of presence as as opposed to somebody who's like as i've seen many times in symphony hall falling asleep as the music playing right? right something's happening to both of us but the conscious presence in that moment is different for the person who's asleep than it is for us okay so what doesn't matter they're probably getting a good effect too mm -hmm. right and the the really beautiful thing about this is that music is so uh, in, uh, inclusive in that sense it doesn't matter what your level of attention is. Whatever it is for you is what's right for you. The same rules apply. You know, the more attention you can bring to it, the more therapeutic the result. And, and, and it's one of it's one of the things, Bill, that it's really the presence that music brings. Like right? it's it's you know, I find it therapeutic sometimes when I'm skiing because I'm concentrating oh, all day on skiing right? and not crashing into a tree or something or Obviously, and I'm so enthralled by the nature around me, and it's such an all-encompassing experience that um, I'm so present. I, I can't even barely think of anything else going on in my life or in that day. All I'm thinking of is how spectacular the view is, how great it smells, and right, yeah. you know, just how much fun I'm having. I'm being a kid playing around out there all day. And is it, you know, almost a similar effect that music has, where it brings you not only into that really amazing presence, 
that we that a lot of um, you know self help people also talk about. You know, it's one of the the biggest things in mental health is that you're either stuck in the the future or the past, never the never the present. Only yeah, only right moment here. we have is the present. So music brings you, and and I think we can both agree pretty pretty quickly and easily into that into that presence. So is that what you're kind of hunting for in a way? Sure, sure. And, you know, I'm not being exclusive about this because music is a thing for some people, but for others, surfing is a thing or skiing, you know. But both. I mean, I, and, why and, not? Yeah, why not both? all? Why not all together? <laughs> so, yeah. It, and music, of course, is great because now, man, I got some um, bone conducting headphones for Christmas. It was amazing. Oh, okay. And nice. you can wear them in the water. So I'm imagining to myself, hey, you know, if I were, a, if, if the, if surfing was my church, and I could put on these headphones, then I'd have my church and my music at the same moment, <laughs> right? Or golf or, you know, skiing, whatever the thing is, right? Yeah. But it was just so amazing to know that you can combine. And, and of course, the idea is full immersion. So that means if you want to measure it, if you're thinking about how do I measure this, am I completely engaged or not? I'll think about your five senses. You know, obviously, if you're listening, you know, you've got it in your ears. And if you're watching, you've got it in your eyes. And if you're dancing, then you've got it physically, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what about taste and smell? And oftentimes, you know, in the middle of something really amazing, some aroma will wander in. Mm. And if it's the right match, it just enhances the whole experience. If it's not the right match, not so much. Yeah. But our brains don't know the difference between reality and what they imagine. So if you're looking for full immersion at that moment, you can imagine things that bring you the rest of the way. Mm. Like if smelling uh, roses is your thing, right? And you're listening to this sublime music and you imagine the smell of roses, you have the same effect as if you had actually found a rose and taken a whiff. It makes me think of uh, inter integrating essential oils or something into yes. your music situation. You you know, right. And you were talking about that because that's a perfect thing. <laughs> I think that, you know, does full engagement. But how about touch? So touch is interesting because both of us are tactile musicians. We play keyboard, right? So we feel something in our fingers. But what if you're just listening? What do you, how do you bring up touch? Tap maybe or something like um, tap, EFT tapping or yeah yeah or just you know like tapping your foot even something as simple as that yeah, patting your foot. foot foot on the ground you're getting some kind of a feedback for your body um, whatever works right yeah I guess that's why dance is such a perfect marriage or you know thing to bring in and I mean man is it therapeutic on both levels like when you're not feeling well it's hard to get that urge to dance that's for sure when you're low energy and stuff like that but you know it can really lift you out of that however talk about enhancing when you're when you're dancing it really enhances an already good vibe or feeling or energy true um, with with really good music so if you don't feel um, like jumping around i mean you could feel like you're floating or something yes exactly. you know, anything gives you like that sensation of um of touching something mm. you know more than standing on the floor or whatever um I like to rub my hands together or oftentimes I'll find myself touching my, um, the right side of my chest, not over the heart, but over the right side. Mm -hmm. Don't know why I've seen other people do that. There's a pretty decent video. I think it's Mariah Carey out there that somebody has, or Celine Dion, uh, where you actually, as a singer, you can like hit your sternum and that will activate what you need to really get the, the fullest possible sound. Wow. And they take this video apart and they show her actually doing that intentionally hmm. to be able to hit the high note. And when you do that, you can hit it with ease. If you don't, you, you might be sound like you're pushing it. Right. So that, that kind of touch can be really powerful, whatever it is. 
Hmm. Um, people who do muscle testing often use their tapping with their thumb and one of their fingers to create a sense of touch. So that touch is like a way you have to play with it, you know, see what you can use to bring you. It'll be different for everybody, but that's like getting you fully engaged. That's which is what we want, right? We want that full engagement before we actually begin to do anything with it. Mm. Otherwise you're just wasting your time. And, and how important is the choice in the music, you know? Oh, so this is, this is where it gets kind of fun. Um, I've had so many people come and say, so Bill, what music should I use for X? And they fill in the blank, right? For stress or anxiety. Most of it's negative. Yeah. People have no trouble finding music for joy. Yeah, that's so true though. <laughs> and the, the notion that's most common out there is that we're feeling some way we don't want. We want this music to transform our feelings. And, uh, and that's fine. But uh, the, the psychology here, the healthy psychology, I'm told, I'm not a psychologist or a music therapist, but I'm told that until we've completely experienced a feeling, we're not ready for the next one. It's like layering that stuff on just pushes it down. And, and if we're in a, in a place of distress, the quickest way forward through that is to feel that distress safely and fully. I don't mean that, you know, to be in distress and go out there and create more distress for yourself. You've got no, plenty already. But you feel it. But feel it. Like, allow that to come up. And so the, the notion of music to intervene with that distress is fine, provided that you allow the distress to flow and go. And music has all kinds of opportunities to experience negative emotions safely. They're just, it's, mm. The music world is rife with that stuff. I mean, think of, I was doing breakup songs for this sing-along and trying to come up with some decent breakup songs. What's a, a breakup song is amazing, man, because it lets yeah. you feel, right? And, um, and put it on repeat and, and feel that stuff until you can't feel it anymore. And it's full engagement, right? So if you're fully engaged, it probably won't take more than a few tries till you get to the bottom of whatever that feeling is. And that's a wonderful place because then you're open and you can choose what, what to feel next. Instead of just trying to lay over that and tamp that stuff down and stuff it, you know, let it come up and let it go. And then you're in a place where you can put on the song you want to sort of guide you into the next emotion that feels better. Oh, yeah. So, it's, and, it, sorry, Bill. It's like, it's like you're using music to not maybe to, to not immediately leave you of a feeling. You're using music to actually uh, embrace that feeling so that it doesn't get suppressed. Yeah. And, and kind of bottled down and not, yeah. you know, and, and then it allows it to kind of move almost through you in that way. Is that, yeah. Yes. Okay. So my, my own experience is uh, first time I went to therapy in my thirties, maybe the therapist said, Bill, you're an angry young man. And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. I had never, you know, experienced anger in real life. I experienced it at the keyboard. You know, I had taken all of my heavy emotions to the keyboard for years, you know, since I realized that I was feeling like that, maybe teenager or preteen. Mm. And so I felt like I had a pretty decent command of my big emotions, but turns out in real life, I was still a child. So learning to connect that feeling that I had inside from having played it with how that works in like interrelationship with people <laughs> instead of just with the, you know, the, the 4,000 pound <laughs> black woman with 88 teeth. Yeah. Right. That's a piano for those of you who are keeping score. Yeah. So um, that, that idea of being able to let it go was something that I learned the hard way with guidance from a therapist. 
and I began to connect my practice of music and how it felt with my real life practice in a way that let me in real life without the keyboard, find the music that let the, let those emotions go wow. so that I no longer had all this, you know, suppressed stuff. They, people have said various things like de- depression is anger turned inward. Um, you know, whatever that stuff or anger is depression turned inward. I think they're probably this, you know, two sides of the same coin doesn't matter, but allowing the feelings and safety, man, that was, that was a revelation. Cause then I realized that with a little music, I didn't need the piano. You know, I could hook up, hook myself up to my anger music, wherever I was, you know, brain doesn't know the difference between reality and what you imagine and what you hear and let that stuff go. And the emotions are cool because we can tell when emotions have changed, but they're not the only thing that's changing. Right. So the emotions are sort of like we can, we can read, it's the readout, it's the data. Yeah. And we go, Oh, I'm, I'm done crying now. I'm ready for something else. So you, you can, you can feel that. And then you go, oh, okay, so what's the next thing. But in that process, while you were emotionally engaged, other stuff's happening too. That's right. Like the physical nature of stress is leaving you. I, I can feel my, my shoulders fall and just sort of relax into that place. And anybody who's done meditation with music knows exactly how that feels. Right. Mm-hmm. You feel that happen. And, and then um, the mental angst that goes along with that stuff also dissipates once you've felt it fully, like your emotions are your guide for all this other stuff that's happening too. Mm-hmm. And then the really beautiful thing that's out there, that's the invitation in psychedelics these days, is the spiritual change, just reconnect, letting all that go, like the, the music, the emotional bath also reconnects you with the spiritual stuff, with the invitation to change um, in, in a very a profound way that science doesn't measure, but that we know happens. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just from following the emotional meter, you know? So you can say to yourself, gosh, you know, I'm really angry right now. Dial up your anger music and literally do it within seconds for me these days. I can feel that intensity just come up and leave me. And it's gone. And I can tune into the next thing. It's uh I was telling a friend of mine over the weekend um, just about how certain types of music can, I mean, it's, it's just amazing when you get into the effects of all these different forms of music and different songs, different, even just going through one artist that you love and going through their catalog and get such a variety of uh, types of music. And I was telling my friend how sometimes I just really need to listen to like aggressive dubstep dance music. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, and there's a lot of times when that music is exactly the opposite of what I want to hear. I really don't want that heavy hitting, hard pounding bass and all that stuff. I'm like, I really no, I need something more chill. I need some like Spanish guitar or something little completely different. But man, sometimes I just want to hear that intensity. And it for some that specific music makes me literally jump and bounce as I listen to it. <laughs> like I'm at a club or something. And it brings me so much uh like this really crazy euphoric joy and giddiness i feel like I'm an inner child like i'm a little goofy kid running around the house or something yeah you and, know you've done it right yeah and, and then i and i experimented with that and i i tried some other dance songs not the same effect you know so it's like i'm like am i just in a funny mood right now i'm like no it's just this these particular songs are making me react in this way what an interesting phenomenon to witness with um, any kind of specific music, right? Where it just 
it literally can lift you out of your chair and make you bounce around your your living room or something. <laughs> I'm not ducking your question because it's, you know, what music do I use? The, the simple answer, and it's really the scientific, it's the data-based one as well, is that the music you love is your most powerful. Of course. So when you have that response to one song and other songs don't do that for you, doesn't matter. Focus on the one song that worked. Just loop that one song if you have to. Loop that to. song, man. And the and neuroscience to the rescue again. You loop it 16 times, it's in there. Yes. So if you've done the work to connect, let's, let's just use anger. There's lots of kinds, but let's just say it's anger. And you connect it with a specific song and you loop that thing and 16 times later, you've built a durable neural pathway that science can see, right? To connect you and that anger feeling with that music. And once you've done that, this is where the, mag the real magic happens. Once you've done that, it's in there. You don't have to listen to the whole song again. All you have to do is remember a bit of it, a tiny bit of it, and your body will have the, the same response as if you'd heard the whole thing. And neuroscience supports that too. Good old brain again doesn't know the difference between reality and what you and what you remember. You remember the song, your system responds the same way, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and you have the result that you want. It's it, practice though, because you're listening to the same thing a bunch of times with the purpose. Purpose connected to the song you love, right? And and I mean that's magic in a sense. Not to get too esoteric here, but. Um, you know, I've heard many times that the essence of magic, the traditional form of magic from ancient Egypt and stuff was all about attention and intention. You spend, you know, you focus all of your energy and, and, and you know, on something, but then in, and with a very particular intention behind that focus. And that's where you literally can create magic. And nowadays we'll just call it therapeutic or, you know, having a, getting a good result out of whatever we're looking for. Right. Isn't that cool? Isn't that so cool? We're I mean, just, we didn't invent just, this. It's just thousands of years old. And here we are talking ancient, about it. Like it's, it's magic. New. It's ancient magic. <laughs> well and, and it's beautiful, you know, yeah. in, in so many ways. And again, this, while music is cool because it affects us in so many holistic ways all at once, um, this same thing exists in uh, any kind of therapeutic endeavor particularly ones that you're able to do on your own, like surfing, skiing, fly fishing, um, even mixed martial arts. I have a connection yeah. with some veterans here who beat themselves up regularly, and then they sit down and do a rap session. And, and the release yeah. right, prepares you for the work. Mm. And the rap session where the real work happens. You know, It's like martial arts. You know, There's more than just fighting in combat. It's a yeah. it's philosophy, and it's, it's how to, you know, it's it's done with love and compassion too. Yeah. And it's it's just beautiful. And you know, back to the the music thing for a moment. Uh, and something I've I've been really enjoying is finding um, a lot of uh, finding more conscious hip hop artists because I love the genre musically. But I very often, especially with pop uh, hip hop, I don't identify a lot with the lyrics um, too often. Yeah. And um, but I love usually like the beats and like the groove. I love hip hop's like tempo and, and vibe overall. And um, so discovering more high vibrational or um, more empowering lyrics from hip hop, or it could be any genre. I'm just using hip hop as my example. And I found an artist called Londrell, L-O-N-D-R-E-L-L-E. -E. And I think he's, I don't know if he's American or where he's from, but really great rapper, great hip hop artist. And all he's rapping about is gratitude, 
You Are Enough, you know, his morning, his more, actually my favorite song of his is called Morning Asana, which is his yoga routine in the morning. And that's what he's rapping about, believe it or not, everybody. And it, and I love it. It's a great song. And, and in, (laughs) and so I'm just, and like another one's manifesting money mantra. I mean, and these are, you know, like a million plus hits on Spotify. So he's not, not popular. And, um, I find myself just grooving, like sometimes in my car, cranking his tunes and just having a great groove and like singing his his beautiful verses and repeating. And like you said, once I hit that track 16 times, those really great lyrics are now embedded in my mind. And I'm using a brilliant poet, lyricist, rapper to help me out, to to infuse and program reprogram my brain with really empowering thoughts because that's another thing to be conscious of yes any type of music can be therapy and if it's something like gangster rap with really you know violent lyrics and it if it makes you feel good then as we both know that's yeah. great great however go for it. however i would say probably for the majority of people if you do go out there and find music that has empowering messages and there's lots and only more and more coming out every day now um that's probably going to have uh some more profound effects as well because of the messaging being o- overtly positive <laughs> exactly right and you know? and as a as a beginning practice it's great to have the lyrics because they help guide you exactly and and that guidance is really key um i've you know the way i grew up mostly music without lyrics in the classical world um, I got an early start in a different direction, and now I'm going back and, and finding music with lyrics that helps to give me the pop that I want. Hmm. But songs that I've played forever and ever and ever that have lyrics, um, all the oldies, I'm thinking of Somewhere Over the Rainbow because it's you know, one of the world's most perfect songs, don't need the lyrics anymore. You know, They're in there, but the music has more meaning after 50 years with it than it does with the lyrics. You know, I don't want to be roped back into the movie again. I don't want to be roped into that wonderful place of hope. You know, the, the music, it's transcendent. It goes beyond all of that. And even though I do feel the hope and I get the, you know, I, I, I get the context and all, I, the depth of it is just profound. Mm. Um, obviously, for classical music without lyrics, that's the intent, the composer's intent. Um, most instrumental jazz has something like that at its core too, you know, where there's just this connection to something bigger than all the notes coming out of your horn, right? Or, right. or, or even the other people on the stage. It's just like you all join together in this conscious experiment that is way beyond the mind. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it earlier. You just felt like it was the right thing. Like you felt in your gut. And, and what you realize is that it's not about the brain. The brain is a participant, but the brain is sort of after the fact. You know, the brain's still trying to figure out if it's real or if it's live or Memorex, right? <laughs> but the rest of you is getting it. Like the heart is getting it. The heart. In fact, yeah. you know, the brain stem, the spinal cord, um, the vagus nerve system, um, that's like where the response is that we're going to here. The, the heart and the gut are the part of it that music really reaches. And, you know, neuroscience is all concerned with what we think about that. But I think when you get right down to it, it's like the heart math people are looking at yeah. the right sort of collection of organs for what the real response what our real response as resonators is to sound and rhythm and, and um the heart doesn't need the lyrics to get there you know the, feeling, the head right? it's all it's all just feeling right and um and, and that's really a beautiful thing so uh, I, I like to say uh, use music you love 
choose music you love because that's your most powerful and then listen on purpose so when you have that part that purpose that focus that attention intention combination whatever that's what puts you in the lane everything else is just preparation and ritual and we yeah. can talk about that too but that's really where the work happens right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now do you um like i have so much different music for so many different things you know i have my morning music for example that i just really find helps get my day going in a really good way and that can range from um you know spanish guitar to real you know classical piano like soft 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 classical piano like chopin-esque kind of yeah. style yeah or um or I love listening to really old time, like uh, I was going through a whole Nat King Cole's original band, the Nat King Cole Trio. Um, I was going oh, through his old catalog, band. right? They're incredible. Oh, they're so good. Oh my God. On a whole other side note there, that's just some brilliant music to listen to. And, um, and, and I just like, for some reason, old, like really old music that sounds old, like old gramophone or very old record. Scratchy, crackly. Scratchy kind yeah. of quality. There's something so nostalgic, not that it's well before my my lifetime, yet for some reason, I don't know if it's a past life thing or who knows what the heck it is, but I, I find it very soothing. And the, the point I'm getting at is that um, that's just my morning, then the afternoon as a series of other forms of music I like to listen to. Evening probably gets a little different as well. And then it depends if I want to amp things up, keep things mellow, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I also have different music that I really prefer for uh, having people over. I have specific playlists for when company's over and depending on the type of party, I have very, you know, so I, I could keep going on and on and on with the types of things I use music for. And do you find that that's something that, you know, your clients and people that you notice once you get down, once you start to understand how helpful music can be as this tool for healing or enhancement, I, I pretty much use it for almost every aspect of my life. I have a, I have a driving playlist, you know, like, I, again, I could keep going on <laughs> of all these things I use music for. Do you find one, are you the same? And two, do you find like, yeah, your clients and stuff, once they start on this path, they kind of start to do that more with, with music where they use it for a variety of things? Uh, yes to both. <laughs> I love background music and I, I love having music support everything that I do. You know, the, the curious thing about music is that it can do that and it can be very intense in the foreground. And if you're going to do foreground music, foreground work, bring your full attention to everything and actually have a therapeutic practice, then you also deserve the most, um, appropriate music for that. And not just in the sense that it's the right genre. Uh, one of the things that happens with, with human beings is we respond really well to stories. And anybody who's in social media these days knows about stories. And I don't know, like everything else in social media, they've kind of gotten co-opted. But this kind of story I'm talking about is a story that begins once upon a time and ends happily ever after. And it's the story that you can see in most movies that ha- that survive the test of time and most books that survive the test of time. You know, things start out and then they get complicated and they reach a climax where something heroic happens and then they taper off. Yep. And it turns out that that form, that story form, is also the form of the heroic journey Yes. or the shadow work or whatever else. And so because that's really what it's all about here. In life, if you look at your life, it's the same way. It's the same sort of curve. 
um, once you start to see that beautiful curve, you know, that starts out slow, builds up to a crest and then drops off, you begin to realize that you see that in economics and you see that in the human form. If you're an artist or visual, you see that curve everywhere. And if you think about it carefully, you can also find that same kind of curve in the very best music that's out there. It starts out slow, there's introduction, it builds up to a climax, there's a big peak, and then it drops off. And um, whether that's a single song or entire musical program or um, something as complex as a symphony, that form is in all of it. That beautiful curve is there. Mm. And without getting into why it's there and why we resonate for that, if you just go with that and say, okay, if I'm going to do foreground work, I need to support my work in that same kind of form. Then you've immediately made a jump away from background music and up to a place where what you're going to do is going to be very present for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's take a simple example. That's nothing to do with music. You're at the bottom of the hill. You get on the chairlift. Up you go to the top. You know the run starts out slow, and then there's the black diamond. It jumps off, and and you, you just have this amazing thrill on your way down, right? So if you put the story form in that, your once upon a time is when you get on the chairlift. The climb up the hill is obviously the climb up the hill, right? Mm -hmm. But that isn't where it ends because if you start downhill is when it gets really intense. And after the intensity, things level out and you kind of catch your breath and you roll into a stop, you know, ready for the next run. And that's your happily ever after. Mm -hmm. So when you start to think about it, that form exists in so much of what we humans do. That's a really good point. <laughs> it's just like, it's ubiquitous. Wow. It's really scary how ubiquitous it is. It is. And if any of you have taken a psychedelic journey, you might recognize something of that form in that journey. It's exactly what happens on my mushroom journeys. Exactly. Just saying, right? Yeah. So why not structure music in a way, if you're going to do therapeutic work, that includes that form? Why not pick music that starts out with the once upon a time, and then leads you gradually up toward whatever your purpose is and climaxes with something that really hits that home and then leaves you um, not in free fall, but in a gentle decline back to the happily ever after. And if you can find music that connects with you at that level, that's your power music. Mm. I mean, really powerful music. Now, I, I like to say that you can do that one song, but I think it takes more like four songs. You get, you get your, your intro song, your once upon a time song, and you got your things get complicated song. And then you got your heroic act that takes place at the peak of the story song. And then you've got your gentle happily ever after lets you down from that experience song. And that sort of puts the whole thing into a, what I call a silver bullet playlist because it's got four songs and they get you there. Mm -hmm. And that takes a little bit of effort because you've got to actually think about your music. You know, during this next X number of minutes, how am I going to introduce this topic in a way that I resonate for completely? Mm -hmm. How am I going to increase that resonance to a place where I can really find out if I'm, you know, what I'm made of, right? How deep do you want to go? And what's the song that takes me there? And then what's the song that brings me back so I can choose what to use next? And um, I've got a bunch of those four song playlists. Some of them are really long. Like the, one, of my, one of my playlists has a 45 minute song at the end. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. But when you have those, and of course, after you listen to them 16 times with that same purpose, then you've not only just built yourself a, an instant response, you've built yourself an instant journey. Mm. 
And as you progress through that journey, whether it's for happiness or sadness or anger or fear, to name the big four, as you progress through that journey, your music gives you that full experience in a way that resonates with the way human beings have been for thousands of years, right? The, the story. Wow. And um, with great respect to all the Instagram and Facebook and TikTok stories that are out there that are all a blast and a lot of fun, um, story is bigger than that, folks. It's, it's a lot bigger. It's how we live. And to connect with that really deeply, I mean, you can connect with the story of a tree, <laughs> right? And, and think about putting music to that. or Try it externally before you bring it, in, bring it home. And then when you do bring it home, um, look out. <laughs> you know, have the tissue box ready. But seriously, this is also very safe, but it's incredibly powerful yeah. to take your life into that kind of a soundtrack because it's so personal. And, and when you do it, I mean, I had the chance to do this with a group of six homeless people. It took us three weeks. You know, we met an hour every week. And uh, by the time we got this four song playlist sorted out and we put it on and listened to it, what had started out as a purpose over here became a purpose over there. And ultimately this was a four song of silver bullet playlist for loss. How's it feel like to lose something, right? Mm. And for a homeless person, you know, you lose your shoes. That's a huge impact on your life, right? Yeah. So um, loss was a big thing. And we got done. Men, women, it didn't matter. There wasn't a dry eye around the table, including myself. Oh, yeah. For how this group had put together this, this therapeutic ride that was so beautiful that let them feel the loss fully, you know, without having to actually lose anything. And to, just to tie this all up in a neat bow, so the next time loss happens... You've got that tool right there, and you can have the emotion and safety, and then figure out who you know who took your shoes <laughs> without having to go off all amped up, you know, trying to find them right out of the gate because you know we all know how well that works. Mm. So um, yeah, so I, I like to see the four song, the Silver Bullet playlist as a as a way forward. And maybe you know, one of many. I don't know. Um, I haven't found anybody yet who's out there teaching this stuff beside me, but. Um, you know, I think it's a shame that we musicians don't offer this to people that we know. It's like, hey, have you ever thought of doing a Silver Bullet playlist? And here's how it works. You know, it doesn't take very long. What do we spend five minutes on it? Right. It's it's like, you know, and that's just an amazing tool that everyone can obviously use, especially with technology. Now we all have our oh, so streaming, easy. streaming apps. We can make playlists, you know, in the blink of an eye. And, and I take full advantage of that because I have a million playlists for a million things. And... Um, I think it's just so, it's just so important to get involved with, with music, get, get involved with these things that we have access to that are, that are so therapeutic and fun and exciting and emotional and all, all of these things and just, you know, actually using them, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, we've, we've, I think we have so many things that we have access to and that we use, but we don't really use them. We don't get into the fullest extent, you know, even, watching a movie i hadn't really been watching movies in the last couple of years too much and uh, over the last couple two months i really got intentional with watching movies again and i'll sit down and i'll really make a night of it you know more of a ritual almost like if the lights all turned off make sure yep. i got some nice snacks and um and then i and then i take it all in and you know i'm also looking for other messages perhaps hidden underneath some of the context in the film too or little hints to, uh, to, to, to whatever. 
uh, insights, wisdom, whatever, whatever the thing is, but I'm, I'm going in and I'm, I'm really trying to, and then the emotions, of course, that any good film brings up, let's, I, I want to feel those emotions. I'll let myself feel all of what I'm feeling in that. And it's not like, what, what do we do a lot of the times now with, with things like film or, or entertainment? Um, you know, we, we, we watched in the background. It's very much, you know, I'll throw on my TV while I'm making a dinner or, um, a lot of people, you know, they're, they're cleaning the house and they'll just have the TV on in the background. Now that's fine. Cause it's in a sense, it's, it's, it's all that's fine, but I'm saying that's also the majority of how people are using that, that art form. Yeah. Not too skillful, right? Passive. It's a passive way of, yeah. of doing it, which is fine. It's like background music. There's a place for that, but there's also a really amazing thing can come out of really intentionally sitting down and, and letting this, the silver bullet playlist take you over or this film take you over and just, Take you on a journey, really. You know, we started The Hobbit. Um, oh, great. <laughs> partly because we like to watch it, but you, I think you also inspired that. But The Hobbit is this collection of little stories that are all stuck together to make a bigger one. Yeah. And it's so skillful the way that the music works in each one of those vignettes along the way. And uh, if, you, if you have a chance to watch that or watch any movie you like, but I'm just picking up The Hobbit because Chris and I love it. Yeah. Um, the, the way that the soundtrack works is something that, I haven't heard done that well in a long time. I mean, there's great music in movies. Don't get me wrong. John Williams, Star Wars, whatever, you know, but he goes back to somewhere in time. And there's, there's, there's some really beautiful melding of music and story in movies. And once you become aware of it, you also realize when it's not so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, Lord of the Rings being the, in my opinion, the creme, oh, just creme de la creme. <laughs> spectacular, right? Yeah. Uh, there are old movies like Hitchcock has some movies where um, they're through composed. The music never stops. And he has some movies where there's no music. That's right. And when you become aware of that, it's really intriguing to be, to begin to wonder how the music is working with the story, you know, and we all know yeah. about turning off the soundtrack and how boring a movie is without it. But yes, we're talking about whether or not the composer got the essence of the story embodied in the music. Right. And when they, when they do, Oh, the experience is sublime. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I heard, um, I was at a composer's, um, sort of gathering back in Toronto, I don't know, a year and a half ago or something like that. And one of the guys presenting played, um, 2001 space odyssey. Oh yeah. And told a story, not the full film, but he was doing a, a little segment on it. And, Apparently that film had a composer write the intro, did this whole massive score, um, a very well-known, I forget the composer's name, very well-known composer. And although I think that composer also had lots of music in throughout the film, the very iconic music, of course, from 2001 Space Odyssey is, what's it, Strauss, right? I think it's Strauss, yeah. Like, dun, also Sprock Zarathustra. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that iconic intro that everyone knows from the 2001 a space honesty that music is obviously not composed for the film that's classical music that was written obviously before the film uh came out and was used in the film that was actually a temp track that kubrick was using and um the composer had this whole thing written for it and, and kubrick basically axed at the last minute <laughs> like the last last minute and um, I was just, we were watching the segment with apparently the music that they were able to somehow track down or, Oh, they found the, the, somehow the this guy was music. a real like uh, enthusiast of like archival music and worked in Hollywood. So had some access that nice. not everyone has. 
How did and it sound? It's not very good. <laughs> oh, there you go, right? You, you know, and I was like, oh, I, I mean, like it sounded like a, you know, Kubrick uh, is Kubrick, and you know, known for many many things, and uh, yeah, I was like, well, that's obviously not a great move for the composer there, but he did make the right choice because it didn't help the story, you know, and it, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. it was trying to do too many things, and it wasn't telling the essence of the story and the simplicity of Strauss's piece was just exactly what the story needed, and it goes back to. Um, what you're saying about just how so many aspects of not only music, but just of art and, and life in general tell story, you know, and just, it, it doesn't have to be the most beautiful, complicated piece of music to tell a story really, really well and, and, and perfectly for that piece or that, that artistic piece. And, uh, you know, even I remember no country for old men, a Coen brothers film, one of my right. favorites, great Western film, no score whatsoever in that entire movie. And in my opinion, and I'm a big fan of sound design and film, um, I thought the sound design was the score. Even the way that the wind would just, in these areas of climax, you know, during certain scenes, the wind comes in and just... It's like all dramatic, and you're like, "That is the score." It's exactly that's the score. Like, I wouldn't even want music here. This is perfect. Like that, that wind is the score. So it's it's enhancing the story. It's telling a story through whatever it is, you know. And and storytelling. You're right. I mean, I hadn't actually thought about it exactly in that way until you described this bill, which is it's in every facet of our it's existence everywhere. is story. Yeah. No wonder we love story. And that 2001 <laughs> music is the perfect single song, uh, Silver Bullet. You know, because it's da 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 da. That's your first part, and da 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 da. And then that's the second part, and then it goes into the big climax. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And it's just Beautiful. it's it's four parts. It's just all right there, and um, that's probably what Kubrick responded to. I think that I've also heard something that I I don't know if the songs in the key of F sharp, but I heard something about the actual note of F sharp being a very specific note associated with the creation of the universe. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, and I don't like, I don't know exactly where I was reading this one. So um, I don't know if this is all total BS or not, but I, I was doing some research on different, like sort of cosmic frequencies and things, frequencies yeah. found in the universe and whatnot. And they were some, somehow they could find, find a correlation to the note of F sharp being a very significant note in um, not only the creation of the universe, but then this, like that, that, musical progression of the dun 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 which is what one five one or one yeah yeah it's a fifth essentially and that progression too is something found very much in um in nature and also in the creation or in these these sort of like in the mathematics of oh it's yeah definitely mathematical creation you know and and so Interesting that that piece also, you know, for a sci-fi film, kind of about the creation of the universe and humanity, certainly. Um, you know, it's just kind of cool to see how even that piece mathematically helps tell the story. Exactly, right? There. It's just, it's amazing. I, I am fascinated by this and um, the simplicity of it, which almost sometimes makes me wonder if, you know, if it, I should be more, um, is that, hopefully it didn't get into our recording. I'll go back. Um, I'm fascinated by the simplicity of this. And I wonder sometimes how 
it's how we've gotten to this place where we're so fascinated to complex with complexity and you know intricate solutions and just the which we can do. I mean, imagine like what's that thing that they use for surgery right now? Um, da Vinci that's all robotic and very precise and uses lasers and you know it's it's almost like you set it and forget it and then it takes care of whatever the delicate surgical operation is you have to do. Wow. We can do that. But then there's the simplicity of the story thing. And of a piece of music that's basically like three notes, right? Right. <laughs> that, right. That is iconic in a way. So somewhere along our several thousand years of evolution, maybe 10 or 100,000 years of evolution, um, where do we lose our ability to connect to the simple, right? That's a, that's a whole other episode, I feel like, right there. I was just Seriously. thinking, that, as you are saying that, Bill, I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, you know... Sometimes we get really complex, not that complexity is bad, and we have invented great things that are very, very complex. However, um, I, f I find a lot of in health and food, especially, we keep trying to invent these ridiculous concoctions. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then all that most people genuinely want right now is just like, give me the freaking organic, you know, not the thing with one ingredient in it, which is that ingredient of what I'm eating. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just want the simple thing. I don't want you to complicate it with a million other DNA hormones and other things going on in there. Like, I just want the simple nature made version of this. You know, I do, do not need to complex, make this any more complex than it already is. Well, I'm all for simplicity, and especially when it comes to something as fundamental as our music, right? Like, we can bring that in on a simple way. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking at my clock because I have a meeting, but it's not until 11 after the hour. <laughs> oh, okay. Nobody's supposed to be calling me at 2 after the hour. They're supposed That's to call okay. me at 11 after the hour. Well, we can also, uh, we can also end it off if uh, you got your call soon, too, and... I think we got some nice, uh, we got some great bits here. I think people can have a good sense of also what they can, such as the Silver Bullet uh, playlist, I think is a really great takeaway uh, for everybody listening. You know, make make your playlist and Four Songs is a great kind of starting point. Um, yeah, it's I'm not sure hard. It's not hard, obviously. And, you know, create it for what you, for what you need. But I guess with the intention of uh, a story creating that arc and basically then you have this to go back to anytime you want whether whatever you need it for and it, it's not fixed forever yeah like if you get four songs and they're working for you today and then you develop a different understanding or awareness of how anger is or whatever, and your anger list no longer works, then do, other, do four other songs or just change one out if it isn't working for you or whatever. You know, like the, the process is more important than the result. Yes. You know, yeah. and that process is a lot of fun after you begin to do it. So, uh, you know, prescribe some music to yourself, everybody. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let's put it in medical terms. Just prescribe some music for yourself. <laughs> Dr. Noble? What do you prescribe? <laughs> Our names oh. both sound good as doctors, I gotta say. <laughs> it's, it's true, although I'd never be a clinician. Oh god, no, I, I, I'm I, too I, irreverent. <laughs> I know, and, I, and I'm too rebellious. I think. <laughs> okay, so philosophy is a thing. Well, PhDs. Yes, I'll race we'll, you to the we'll end. Stick with that. That'll be the doctor I can handle. <laughs> Thank you for listening in on our conversation. 
and for taking time to show your appreciation with a like, share, or subscribe. Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness is a practice of spontaneity, and we welcome your comments, ideas, and questions. There are ways to connect with us in the show notes, so let us hear from you. Until next time, this is Bill Protzman along with Chris Noble wishing you great musical health. Samara Huchaya. Thank you.